0: Hey guys, good evening. My name is Toyeshe Oyebade from the Reconciliation Ministry. And I'm excited to be with you once again. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your feedback. God bless you abundantly in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord of God, I'm excited. It's a new week. It's a Monday. And most importantly, it is the last Monday of the month. And the last day of the month. So, So it means that tomorrow... It's a new month and you remember what we usually do in the reconciliation ministry when it's a new month. We declare that the month made sense, right? So I'm imploring you that as you go into November, that you by the, standing on the premise that God does not fail and that any word that comes out from the mouth of God is eternal. It is eternally viable. I want you to declare that your month and subsequent months already made sense yeah you've not experienced november nobody on earth today has had a share of what november 22 is going to look like but guess what god knows what it looks like god has experienced it because it's the beginning and the end and being in him helps us to know that our end even though we might be on our way is certain because we know who our god is and we know what he can do so I'm imploring you to declare over your month, prophesy over your month, pray, fast, whichever avenue you use to speak to God, do it and be hopeful, be full of faith that as you have said it, as you have desired it, so will it be in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed of God for the month of October by the help of the Holy Spirit. We've been treating the Bible character named Ruth. And our uh, uh, subtopic in quotes is from victim to victory. And I am certain that many of us that have never even really paid attention, like myself, to the story of Ruth, I am confident that now we know Ruth more. We see her in a new light. She's not just, like I said, it wasn't last week or two weeks ago that typically in Yoruba, Or say things like, oh, Ruth Abokoku, and it could be demeaning because out of everything that that woman did, the only thing that many people remember her for is the fact that, oh, she loved um, her dead husband's mother and she was willing to leave her family behind for the woman. So, you know, so typically she's an Abokoku, like, this one is man that she's following, right? But when we have read the story of Ruth and all her exploits her determination at work, we have seen that she is way more than being an She, In fact, that word isn't even right, right? And um, we have seen by the mercy of God that God is in the business of changing people's stories from being victims to being victors, right? god has the capacity to ensure that you might be on the ground but you do not stay on the ground right you might be on the ground but you do not stay on the ground and you know like there's this um pastor in redeem that i used to he used to preach to us when i was at a law school he would always say god doesn't check backgrounds and he doesn't make your back to be on the ground you know there's a way all these pastors coin their words that you know it will flow it will be funny and it will make sense right so god is in the business of discarding people's backgrounds it doesn't matter where you're coming from doesn't matter what your experiences have been doesn't matter what your past has been god is in the business of changing stories overturning things ensuring that you do not stay as a victim Right, and when it does start, it does start to his glory, it does start to bring glory to him. Because what would it be said of us that ah, see that girl, she has been written off, she's a write off, there's nothing concerning her. When you serve God, when you call on God's name, typically in our generation today, if you know somebody that is wealthy and that person's child is just roaming about the streets. It's just being ridiculed and all that. Many times people will mock the wealthy man or wealthy woman to say, With all the money you have, how far have you helped your child? Why is your child, you know, being ridiculed? So even a person cannot enjoy the fullness of his or her wealth, knowing fully well that there's a family member that is being ridiculed outside. So imagine how the pretty girl father now the pretty girl father felt the prodigal son's father rather felt when prodigal son came back he felt happy because he's reunited with his son nobody will make more clue of him to say where's your child you have all this money you have this number of servants but your child is probably somewhere maybe living his best life but still is not with you so how man how much of a man are you so when things happen to us and we don't feel good about it. How do we think he makes God feel? And I don't think there's any parents that their child would come home with a bad exam report and, and parents would say, ha, 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 this is the best thing that has happened. Oh, I am excited. Oh, I am elated because my child failed in this examination. If there's any parent that mocks his or her child after the child fails in life, we already know that that parent is, you know, is already bringing um, a discord between the person and the child because when the child grows up he or she is going to continually remember that this was what my daddy do- did this was what my mother did when i was going through these things in life and that's why many people will say oh family is not just by blood because when you find people even though they might not be blood related to you but when you find them doing things for you feeling your emotions experiencing your pain with you celebrating your wins with you When you find those people, you feel, you know, connected with them like family. So God doesn't feel good about it when we go through issues, when we have, you know, things making us feel like victims. God doesn't take a word for it. He's not going to receive a medal for all best in being God because his children are not feeling fine. So he also, like, you know, Jesus says that he, he feels what we are feeling. He experience. That's why God had to send His Son in human nature, like what these people are experiencing. I want you to also experience so that you can better plead their case. Nobody can plead the case better than somebody that has experienced it. You find out that people that have been sexually um, abused in the past, you find out that they are very passionate about. Sexually abused people, you will find them that if they are lawyers, they want to do everything within their power to ensure that the person that was sexually um, abused gets justice. That is what experience does for you, that's what personal experience does for you. So, because Jesus Christ has experienced what, what we are going through, he has been weak, he has been tired, he has slept, he has eaten, he has, you know, he was even tempted of, of the devil. But regardless, he pulled through, he was able to do what pulled through, and he's telling us that if I was able to do this much more than I have done, you can also do so. We have confidence that ah, just walked through the surface of this earth fully man and was able to overcome every temptation, was able to show us that with him we are more than conquerors because he has saved us even f- before we were born. So, just want to encourage somebody today, you are not about to enter, you know, a war that you are unaware about. You are not about to enter a season that you are unaware about. Whatever God is calling you to, it could be a battlefield. Some people will be going on war. I mean, spiritual warfare. Some people will be going on, you know, encounters. Some people will will be doing so many things. I'm telling you today, I bring you good news that you are not going into this... Things or this, some people will be relocating maybe from Oshun to Oyo or, Yor, or, or to Shaki, whatever you know, relocation that you're maybe due to work, due to marriage, due to God's instruction, you know, anything that might be making you live where you are, where you're used to, to where you don't know anything about. Guess what? God made that place, God knows that place. So, being in Him helps you to realize that you are not walking amiss are not moving like you don't have plan God is your father and you will never be a victim so last week I remember telling us that um, we will be concluding today obviously and that the last thing we will be talking about is the fact that redemption is eternal and I said I wasn't going to say much about it because one October is five months it's five weeks so if I say everything last week what would we see today Right? So, now let's get right into it. When I say redemption, you know that everything in the Old Testament is like a, is like, you know, an example of what is is, is to happen in the New Testament. So, I know that many times with our generation, we we tend to, you know, abandon Old Testament and feel like, oh, she is old. Old things have passed. Mm -mm. The Bible both both old and new, everything works together to prove a point that Jesus Christ came for us. That Jesus Christ was sent as the Son of God to die for humanity. So when you read Genesis, it is pointing to Jesus. Exodus is pointing to Jesus. Psalm is pointing to Jesus. First Samuel is pointing to Jesus. Judges is pointing to Jesus. Esther is pointing to Jesus. Everything in the Old Testament is as you know, a mirror. As something it is mirroring and that something is the personality of Jesus right so in Ruth's story it sounds basic right a widow was remarried so what are we saying what how is this how does this mean that redemption is eternal I'll tell you now remember that background story we said when um, Ruth went to meet boas it order okay i would speak with the person that has the legal i'm sorry that you are receiving this in you another know, part so what happens i usually put my phone on um, apple mode so that i don't have calls so interrupting me when i'm recording however i had an alarm set for the morning right because i'm recording this in the morning so i have an alarm set for a a prayer program i attend um, next level prayers so (laughs) oh my goodness i I didn't even remember that the alarm was set i would have put it off so that it doesn't interrupt me and then the alarm came in and then this recording stopped and the funny thing about the app i used to record is once it stops you can't you can't pause it uh-huh, that's what I'm trying to say. You can't post it to say, oh, okay, let me resume what I was recording. Once it stops, you have to start another batch, right? Or you start all over again. Fortunately, because I don't want to say the other uh, the other word, I've gone like 12 minutes, if I'm right. So, <laughs> for real, I don't want to record 12 minutes all over again. So, I'm sorry that um, this is in another part, right? So, thank you. So, as I was saying that... Why did I stop? Sorry, I can't really. Please, why I stop? But let me just continue. Um, when you hear, oh, Ruth was redeemed. Okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. I was speaking about how Boaz told Ruth that somebody has a legal right over her, right? Thank you, Holy Spirit. So legally, let's say by law, that person is supposed to be the one to redeem Ruth. But when Boaz told the person that you're not only redeeming the land, you're also going to be getting the wife of the owner of the land so that, you know, this generation will not perish and all that. And the person said, ah, the land, I understand. But this woman matter, I'm sorry. I don't think I want to, you know, marry the widow. So Boaz came in, stepped into the matter, and he saved Ruth, Literally. And now, the best part of this story is, when he saved Ruth, he didn't save her to now go back to where she was coming from. I mean, um, background-wise, when she married Boaz, something changed about her. Her identity changed. She wasn't um, that widow again, that poor widow again. She wasn't that person that needed to be redeemed that um, needed to farm you remember that in the beginning we spoke about how the poor people of the land could access you know some farm to harvest they had their own you know parts where they could harvest now ruth married one of the wealthiest men in the city not only wealthy kind thoughtful you know full of glamour full of honor Boaz was an honorable man. And so he did the honorable thing. He covered Ruth's shame. Did the honorable thing. Stepped into the situation and redeemed Ruth. And he did redeem Ruth, like I said, for a temporary time. So that somebody will now, you know, say, Oh, have you forgotten where you're coming from? No, when he redeemed Ruth, her slate was wiped clean. Who she was no longer mattered. What everybody is now seeing is who she is today who she is now and she has become a new person now nobody will refer to her as oh the widow of so 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 person now she is the wife of boaz when she gave birth remember that even naomi was excited the baby wasn't as because he wasn't directly a grandchild but people were congratulating naomi that she now has a son that's to show that God wiped their slates clean. Who they were before. Naomi was childless. She was generationless in code because her children had died. Her husband had died. And she wasn't even in the age where she was feeling up to, you know, remarrying or having children again. But here was her daughter-in-law giving her one of the most valuable gifts that anybody could give anybody today. And are, that was how their story changed. Redeemed today and redeemed forever. Now, in context, the man who, could have, um, who should have redeemed Ruth stands, is a, is a, is a, is a figurative for the law. I mean, the legal part. What should be? Now, what should be our Lord? Should be judgment. The law will say, this is what should be. This is what should be. And, you know, the law focuses on justice. Now, justice to you might not be justice to me, right? But the law would see every fact to say, this is the middle ground. This is what is just. This is what should happen. This is what should be fair. And you will agree with me that when you sin, the fair thing to do is to receive the consequence of your action. When you fall, the consequence of what you have done is that you will be bruised at some point you will be injured at one particular point because that fall has a consequence now life is a you know is a pattern of consequences every action has its own reaction everything you do has a consequence so the law will tell you this is what should be this is what ought to be this is what will be. That is what the law would tell you. So that's what that man represents. What the law would say. Oh, this person should be judged. This person should be punished. Now, the law would have stood its ground when that woman that was caught, you know, um, in adultery, when she was about to be stood, and Jesus Christ said, who amongst you can say that is older than this woman? Right? And nobody was able to come out. Now, the law was saying. The right thing to do, the fair thing to do is you're cheating on your husband with another person, you're committing um, adultery, and the right thing for you to, to receive is punishment. You ought to be punished, and the law will be right in its eye to met out that um, punishment. However, when it comes to the season of grace, when it comes to the atmosphere of mercy, when it comes to what God is able to breathe upon our lives, we find out that the law is is put on hold. And the Jesus Christ steps in. When the law says, oh, this should be what what will happen, Jesus Christ comes into this scene and he says, I know this is what should happen, but because this is my child, because this is the person that I am in love with, I have borne our transgressions, I have carried out the, the, the I've carried out everything that she's supposed to carry out so that she can be free. And like Boaz covered Ruth's shame, Jesus Christ would give us a hug and carry us out of that, you know, victimhood, out of that situation that would have messed us up. And he would say, this is mine and she's going nowhere. This is mine and she's redeemed, not only today, but forevermore. Our Ruth changed from being a regular widow to being someone's wife, who now eventually even became fruitful, Ruth had a child. That is how, in our present reality, when Jesus Christ rescues us, when he brings us into his kingdom, when he translates our lives, when he transfers us generally from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, our story changes. It doesn't matter who we were. Oh, she was a prostitute, and so what. She used to lie, and so what. She has aborted, and so what. She has killed before and so what? When it comes to Jesus, our slits are wiped clean. We become as though we have never committed one, you know, bit of sin before. Who we wear does not stand in the presence of redemption. Who we wear does not stand in the presence of God's righteousness and God's capacity to bring us out from where we were to where we ought to be. So, beloved of God, good news. I'm happy for you if you are a Christian, if you're a believer, if you have Jesus Christ in your life. I'm happy for you because who you were does not matter. Like Ruth, your story has changed forever. What you used to do does not matter. What you used to be does not matter. Who you used to be rather does not matter. What matters now is who Christ is in you. I remember that Christ in you, the hope of glory. If however... You are in doubt. You're wondering, what is she talking about? Do I have Jesus? Do I not have Jesus? There's no doubt about this. Once you start feeling in doubt, then you need to do something about it. You need to come to Jesus. You need to give your life to Christ. You need to take up you know, the cross and say, I am in Calvary today. Father, receive me. Let Jesus be my Lord and personal Savior. I accept the life of Christ as from today I live as one that has been redeemed of the Father. Day in, day out, every day of your life, you are living one step closer towards eternal redemption. Because nobody is going to redeem you again. Nobody has the capacity to do what Jesus Christ has done. And Jesus Christ will not be dying again. He would not be giving us his life again. He has given it once and it was enough. That once sufficed. Because once and for all, the the blood of the Lamb, once and for all, the blood of the Son of God was shed on the cross of Calvary, just so that you and I can have eternal redemption. We are saved for life. Our souls are saved for life. We are kept in Christ. We are kept in Jesus. the same way we can't go back to being slaves, to to needing redemption, like Ruth. You know that Ruth didn't go back to being somebody that needed redemption. She didn't need anybody else to save her again. Because Boaz was enough. Because Boaz's redemption was enough. So also we we don't need another redeemer. We don't need another person to come and save us. Nothing. Not sacrifices. Not bulls. Not arms. Not even actions. Many people want to replace you know, salvation with actions, with gymnastics, they want to do so much for God. Whereas in their personal closets, God does not recognize them. God doesn't know them as children. So what you're doing is just spiritual gymnastics. It doesn't matter. But when you are in Christ, God gives you the capacity to serve Him. It gives you the strength to hold on to Him strongly. Because in God is the fulfillment, in Christ rather, is the fulfillment of God's love towards us. Beloved God. Happy new month and I call you blessed. Bye.